According to Matthew, glory to you, O Lord. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him, and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear, clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Good morning. Buenos dias. Let us pray. Santo Dios, gracias por la llamada a ser buen líderes. Ayúdanos a ser como Juan el Bautista y otros buenos líderes. Dear God, thank you for calling us to be leaders. Help us to follow your call. Amen. Well, again, I'm going to give a brief summary of the sermon in Spanish and then continue on in English this morning. El propósito que yo quiero comunicar con ustedes es que ser un buen líder no es tener control. Control no es el propósito del líder, sino es amar a cada persona y crear un medio ambiente de cada uno es sano y salvo. Es amar a los enemigos, los que apoyan, los que son difíciles. Y amor, amor en esta manera es crear un medio ambiente de seguridad y paz para todos. Amén. So, this past week was kind of cold, cloudy, and there was just a little bit of rain. And I've got to be honest with you that for me, a lack of sun makes me a bit depressed because I am originally a child that grew up in the desert. So let me ask you, 
how have you liked the weather this week? You could give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Okay, it's mixed, right? It's mixed. Friday, Sherry and I walked the Cucamonga Creek Trail, and with so many clouds and mist, it was beautiful. Stormy, rainy weather in the desert is sacred. It's life. A very important man lived in the desert. His name was John the Baptist. I remember once I attended a Baptist church when I lived in Mexico. And you know, there was really only two options for church where I was in Mexico, Catholic or Baptist. And I didn't feel very comfortable in either one. And if I could, if we could travel back into the past and meet John in the desert, we wouldn't feel very comfortable with him either. John was eccentric, different, and a special man. He was one of those types of people that has the ability to offend just about everyone. For example, in our reading this morning, it says that both Pharisees and Sadducees came to listen to John. That would be like saying both Catholics and Baptists went to go listen to John. And how did John greet them? You brood of vipers. John didn't care what a person's religious affiliation was. These two groups of people fought over who was the most faithful Jew. Sadducees are kind of like how we think of Catholics. They are more about maintaining the traditions. They had a strong priestly role. The temple was the center of everything. And how you lived out there, they're not going to judge you too hard, but you better do the religious rituals just right. Sadducees are kind of more like Baptists. They were more fluid in understanding how the worship could look like. They could adapt it to keep up with the times, but you better live a morally upright, righteous life every day. The Pharisees were more up in your business in your day-to-day -day life. To this... John says, I don't care which one you are. God can make Jewish people out of stones. If John were alive today, he'd say, I don't care if you're Catholic or Baptist. God can make Christians out of stones. What matters is the fruit that you produce. So the question is, how do we produce fruit? What does that mean? Well, we just got done reading Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book, Life Together. And in that book, Bonhoeffer says that the number one problem that Christian communities have from producing fruit is the desire to be in control. The desire to be in control has the ability to really make for a difficult environment, especially if people are struggling against each other to take control. Well, thankfully, here at Grace Lutheran Church, no one has this problem of wanting to be in control. Can I get an amen? Yeah. 
Amen. I mean, I might struggle with control issues from time to time, but thankfully nobody else does. Be that as it may, you might find people with control issues at some point in your life, maybe at home, maybe at work, so it's worth thinking about. What did Bonhoeffer said, say? He said that we should love the lowly. In other words, we should love the people in our life who are difficult, people who want to take control. In other words, if you were to combine Bonhoeffer and John the Baptist, you would say we should love the brood of vipers. And that's exactly what John the Baptist did. He challenged them to be better. He didn't say, you don't get to be a part of this. He said, brood of vipers, come on in. Get in the water. Be baptized. Repent. Bear fruits worthy of repentance. And he included everyone that wanted to give it a try. So when we talk about loving ourselves and others, we're talking about challenging each other to be better through love. So let me give you a real-life example. You know, the Menke family, we have a dog. We love our dog. His name is Albie. The truth is, Sherry and I have a bit more experience raising humans than we do dogs. So, Albie is very cute, very sweet-natured, but in terms of its training, you know, it's a work in progress. I mentioned this a couple months ago at our Blessing of the Animals. I talked about how much Albie pulls on the walk. So, finally, we listened to advice and we bought a prong collar for Albie the dog, and it works very well on the walks. But, as I said, we're still learning, we didn't know you're not supposed to leave the prong collar on them night and day. So when we found that out, we took off his prong collar, but we didn't have the old collar, the webbing one, the soft one. And so several things happened at the same time. Albie wasn't wearing a collar, Thanksgiving came around, my parents came to visit, and the weather got really cold. So all of this meant that a few days went by where Albie didn't get a walk and Albie wasn't wearing a collar. And you know, day by day, he kind of transformed from a sweet little puppy to more of a coyote. He was acting a little bit more aggressive until things finally came to a head when Sherry was taking some meat out of the refrigerator and Albie came up and grabbed it and he took off running. And Sherry said he even looked at her saying, I know what I'm doing and I'm going to do it anyway. Sherry said, Wes, you've got to do something about this dog. And I was thinking to myself, I do, otherwise I'm going to be in the doghouse. So I thought fast. I thought, you know, I think we need to put his collar on him. And so we searched high and low for the collar, and sure enough, we found it. And we also found his little Christmas bandana, and we put that on the, the soft collar. And when I got it out, I said, come here, Albie, and he came running, and he was so excited and so proud to put on his collar. And when we put it back on him, I have to say, he really mellowed out. He acted more again like a puppy and less like a coyote. Raleigh, a member of our church who has a lot of experience in managing, he told me once that the way that they 
talk about this in management is putting on the child gloves when we care and lead for people. On the second Sunday of Advent, we read these prophecies about what a good and righteous leader will be like. The prophet Isaiah says that a new shoot will sprout from the trunk of Jesse. In other words, a new leader will come who is fair, who is not corrupt, who will judge good from evil, who has a deeper vision beyond just appearances. This leader will be so good that the conditions will be made that a child will be able to play peacefully over a brood of snakes. In other words, it's not about It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor for the fact that in our world, some people are more aggressive than others. But with good leadership, the impossible will happen. The impossible, this vision that, that Isaiah has of a peaceable kingdom, what Bonhoeffer called the lowly people. And the leader that Isaiah spoke of will love in such a way as to create conditions so that all people will be safe and to be able to live together. This promised leader, of course, is Jesus. But could it also be us? Remembering that the name of God is I am. We, Jesus' followers, could be the good and righteous leader. This is what Paul said in Romans. His point was simple. Jesus is not only the anticipated leader of the Jewish people, He is a leader and example for the whole world. We could be the new branch that springs from the trunk of Jesse. Amen. Please stand as you are able as we sing our hymn of the day, Lo, How a Rose Air Blooming.